This is Market Overdrive, and we're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And today we're doing something super cool because we're actually uh, broadcasting this live on Facebook and YouTube, right? DZ, we're on YouTube live. So if you old? haven't subscribed, mm. no, let me remind you, if you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe. And as always, share with your friends or anyone that you know that may be interested in hearing something about, a thing or two about real estate. Um, but the cool thing about today is that we're actually going to be interacting live with our Facebook friends. Um, so if you have any questions for us and our panel, please go ahead and share it, type it out, and then we'll read it out. With us this morning, how are you, sir? You've been on vacation or something? Where have you been? Good morning. You guys always forget me, my little intro here. I'm good. I'm good. You need an intro? You need an intro? You've only been on the show for two and a half years. You need an intro, huh? What's your name? uh, Quick question, though. Ooh, Carla. Already? Did you bring in the uh, muffins? I did. uh, Yes, muffin muffin with coffee. I enjoyed it. Donuts or muffins? (laughs) Wait, I like muffins. I I like muffins. muffins. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite muffin? (laughs) I like muffin. Banana. Banana nut. Banana Banana nut muffin muffin. is a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Good morning, everybody. Can somebody go get us some muffins? Somebody, Somebody please get, get us some muffins, muffins after the show. I enjoy muffins as yeah, well. Muffins are good. So what are we going to talk about today? I just said we're doing question and answers. So if you have any questions. But actually, Nick decided to twist, as he always does, twist things. Horror stories, man. It's been, I've had a month full of horror stories where it's been, um, you know, do's and don'ts would be a good topic for today or a good way to describe today. But well, let's share. I think Not we should do's and don'ts. I mean, definitely. Well, I think as we share our horror stories, there'll be a do and a don't in there. So yeah. let's just, you know. Dive right into them, and the you know, the I know I've had several like, in the last forty-five it's days. It's third quarter, right? And so a lot of things that have happened, and real estate keeps evolving as we know it. And I think this is a a year that's it continued from last year as far as an increase and in market being super active and people not knowing what to do and how to transact um, because it's evolving every day. Um, one of the crazier things that has happened to me that it's like let's start with my first horror story because ladies first, right? Yeah, but before you do that, why uh-huh. don't you give everybody the phone number to call? Just so they can remember the phone number to call if they do want to call. Sanchez, what's our number here? It's right there on the screen in front of you. Oh. I'm sure you know that. You're <laughs> in that charge of the control switch. 312-644-4110. But you can also um, type in your question on Facebook, right? No, I think you, d- you, you had one shot and you blew it. It's 312-521-8589. <laughs> Again, that's 312-521-8589. <laughs> Eight five eight nine. I feel like I've been gone for. I mean, you almost gave away the Empire phone number eight one eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred. Like, what's wrong with you? Can I start with my horror? Start story? your horror story. Can we just uh, Sanchez? Can we type it in on Facebook? So, so <laughs> Who's Sanchez? Who is Sanchez? <laughs> Zachary. Why would you call him Sanchez? Our tech guy. Hi. Media guy. Marketing guy. The guy behind him looks more like a Sanchez. (laughs) Not the guy. Not Zachary. That's Pancho Villa. (laughs) What the? I'm sorry. Bad day today. You Uh, start with muffins. I get to start with Sanchez and Pancho Villa. You do you. All right. Thank you. I do me. Do that horror story. My first horror story. Serious now. (laughs) All serious. All serious. Um, My first horror story. Okay, get this. So we're under contract, um, and my client is doing a 203K loan, which is... I know. It's already starting. Why do you say that? Okay, anyway, so if you're a buyer and you're looking at the market and you can't find anything in a condition that you like it and or you're looking at properties that are in um, already flipped or rehabbed and they don't have the kitchen that you want because maybe you prefer a white kitchen or what have you, this is one of those scenarios where my client just couldn't find that perfect home, so we decided to opt for a 203K loan renovation. But it has nothing to do with the 203K loan renovation. In fact, when we had the contractor come out, the contractor came and gave us the scope of work or an analysis what is it called 
the is it a scope of work? Just the scope of work. Um, Of course, because the lender has to see to make sure that we get a price for the rehab cost um, and that the the market is going to justify it. So anyway, um, we had the contractor come out. We pay the contractor. It's about $1,000 for the consultant to come out and give us an analysis. Um, we also obviously did the home inspection, so that was around another $400. So we're about $1,400 deep into this transaction at this point, not to mention time. And we had three different bids from different contractors who also took time out of their busy schedules because we know contractors are all busy. So three GCs who came out to bid on this project, um, we had all that done until we finally got to the point where the listing agent is doing their due diligence by pulling title and um and zoning certificates for the property came out that the property was a single fit was a two it's a multi-unit in a residential block so the zoning came back or when the appraisal was done um it came back and it was a um it there was a bear there was a variance in the neighborhood so even though it was a two flat it was they they basically gotten a, a variance for it to live within a residential neighborhood. So the big issue came up was when the appraiser came out and did the appraisal. They said that this property, if in fact if there was ever any case of a fire and the property burned down, have they could re- not rebuild it as a single family home as a two flat. They right. would have to go back to be in a single family so it could com- be conforming with the rest of the neighborhood. So the lender killed the deal. The lender. It was the lender. I'm going to blame the lender. But that's not really, I guess what I'm thinking about horror stories today. I'm talking it is a about, horror story. How much money did we invest? It is a horror story, but that's not something that a client could have prevented. They just didn't know. There's, Why is there's a There's nothing the client could have done. What, what part of it is not a horror story? Well, we're talking about like more like do's and don'ts and how to not do this. Well, there's not, that's not Can we go with of, my horror story and just acknowledge it as a horror story? It's a horror and story. Say, <laughs> and explain to our audience <laughs> why great. it was. How do I avoid that? from happening if I'm a buyer. How do you avoid it? You tell You're me. the lender. I don't know. I, I, bought, well, I picked not, the house. That's not on the lender. It's that not on the lender. Is, it's not. This is on attorney review periods, right? The attorney needed to dig in deep to make sure they pulled all those zoning certs in advance. Thank you. So there you go. That's an answer, right? right? So the, the answer is a listing agent should always do their due diligence and make sure that, right, everybody learns the hard way, so we have to have an experience. Always make sure that when you're buying a property, and it looks odd, right? You're like the only anomaly. You're like the only single family on a commercial block, or you're the only two flat on a residential block. Make sure, remember Joe Glorioso was on the show, and he said that you could go and pull permits for, for properties that have done rehab in 20 years ago, what have you. So just yeah. look at these the cues to show to and ask questions as a listing agent you know is this property zone and i mean how are they going to be able to sell this property now do you have any advice because you, you just can. went through the same We're, thing you can't i have a client right now that called on a referral they're adamant about buying this particular property in this particular town the issue is the home is built as a single family house but the whole area is zoned commercial commercial right and they want that thing out of there to be honest yeah, with you. they want right. it out of there but how does a consumer avoid what you're saying carla did, you still didn't say you're talking about the listing agent. A listing agent should have done this. We're not here to teach listing agents how to do their <laughs> no, job. No, we're saying the consumer should ask questions of the listing and make sure that they pulled. I mean, they should have pulled, pulled zoning. And I mean, at what point do you order the appraisal? Because the appraiser was the one who caught it. I don't know if there's a consumer could have done much there. They no, I mean the consumer doesn't buying. know everything. We can't leave it up to the consumer. But we you're to... watching us because we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. I'm going to go on a limb. And I don't say... think the consumer made any mistakes there. Yeah, I, don't I think, think that the consumer. agents and the it's professionals the made mistakes. And the Everybody, yes, yeah. for sure, for sure. Seller, I think it was, of course, because the client spent fourteen hundred dollars and time, and we brought in other professionals that also wasted time um, to try to get this transaction done. And now no one's buying anything, and the property's just going to sit there. Unless, of course, it's a cash deal, it's going to be a hard. time. 
sale. Even if it's cash, how are you going to sell that in the future? Right. Well, yeah, but uh, with uh, as another cash deal, you'll always buy it and oh. sell it. No. For life, cash, right? For life, yeah. yeah. Okay. So come then on. That, come on, come on, come on. But come listen, this this family it was an estate sale, and it was and it was the the family had owned it for twenty nine years. So at that time, possibly they didn't have these zoning issues, right? I mean, could this be something that it's new or now? And that's why I'm saying real estate is evolving, and as time passes, a lot of new restrictions come to place, right? I mean, we also actually got a letter saying that it could be rebuilt, but the lender won't won't accept it, and the uh, insurance company won't accept it because you guys have to you. The collateral has to be a healthy investment, right? Yeah, it's got to be an official letter from the city. I think you said you got a letter from the alderman or... Right, in the neighborhood that, from the, that said that we could go ahead and do it, but the, the lender wouldn't accept it. I'm sorry, Nick. Do you have a one-up me horror story? <laughs> always. We always got a one-up on Carla. Carla's always trying to educate realtors how to do their job. That's not our job here. I'm not educating realtors, Nick. That I'm was a realtor fault. This is an int. That was an agent fault, a listing agent. I mean, what is a consumer going to do? How is a consumer going to prevent these mistakes? I mean, a consumer really had. That's like a, somebody going into a hospital and expecting hey, Nick, to get an operation. Go ahead done. and give me your one-up horror story. You should have hired we a better doctor. On. You know, it's like so. Give us a. How about how do you? You, you want to give us a horror no, story? No, you give us one. Well, I want to hear hold yours. Hold on. How do you think the consumer could have prevented that? I don't think they could have. Oh no, it's okay. a really hard to prevent. I don't think there's I a think lot the of things that we. Just you know, it's an it's an act act of God, if you will. They they went to buy a property that they thought was what it was, and there's hangups with it. I don't think a consumer could do anything to prevent that. I mean, there's a process and a timeline, do... right? And a listing agent is not going to start pulling title and all that jazz until you know they have we pass say uh, inspection period. It kind of sucks though because they were I know. looking forward to buying that. Property. Oh, for sure. I mean, he so. had design ideas. I went there and I advised and made recommendations for design. But now, you know, it, it got to the point where it's now in the hands of the attorneys and, you know, zoning and, and what are we doing? When it's listed, it's listed as a yeah, two flat. That's a dead file. You know, that's a dead file. It's zoned as a two flat, but it's non-conforming two flat. And that's what I want to make sure that we understand. It's not that I didn't see the fact that it wasn't a two flat. It looked like a two flat. It lives like a two flat. And it was zoned a two flat with the variance. I wish I had some muffins. I can't start my day with you. I mean, Muffin man, I what you got over there? Wednesday. What's your horror story? We're done with hers. That was a good waste of 14 minutes. <laughs> what happened to him? Why is he like sending it off to you now? Give me your I, horror I, story. You saved the best for last. Go ahead, oh, man. Okay. He's what you got? Save the best for last. <laughs> well, since you said that wasn't a horror story. Well, it's gonna, a horror story, but say, I mean, I want to kind of teach clients what to not do and what to yeah. do and how to prevent this from happening to you. The client could not do anything in that in that case. Just so I guess month. that kind of backfired. It is a horror story, though, in her defense, Just in her small month, defense. I have three, and I'm going to start with one. Right. Okay. I have quite a few of them myself. One so of the I don't, rules of I don't even know which one to use. is that you say yes and, and you continue. There's like this you know, like synergy between our cats. There's a synergy between There's never us. a uh, yes and stop and a no. And you're yes breaking and. the synergy, Nick, as always. All right. We what you got? Go acting class. What you got, man? <laughs> so I had a uh, situation here where the, we're buying a condominium. My client's buying a condominium. And um, they're pre-approved FHA to buy this condominium. The condo... Originally, the uh, association is uh, marketing this property as condo approved or FHA approved. Mm. <laughs> and it turns out that it's not FHA approved. Uh, now, we're already past attorney review period, okay, because they validated that in attorney review period. We're already past the appraisal, right? The condo questionnaire gets ordered and it comes back that as of recent, I guess the president of the association did not scratch the check 
to send into HUD to Oops. renew. <laughs> so here we are today, and these people are very looking forward to buying this condo. This. Great buy. Uh, you know, Can it, they do it any other way? Do they have to go through the FHA channel? It's tight. DTI issues. But, but this kind of goes back. Yes, that is definitely a horror story, just like mm-hmm. Carla's story is a horror story. But here we are again. We're, what could they have done to prevent it? The client. Nothing. This is a screw-up by people mm-hmm. that are selling the property, or I should say the association who is involved in the sale of yeah, the property. Yeah, you're so. right. Because they, they even did their due diligence, went on FHA's website. The condominium was FHA our, approved. Right, and then the client, next day, the check doesn't arrive. Right. I mean, and our, it shut the down. Client, the client couldn't do anything more to be prepared. And, and acts of God will happen. Look, there's professionals which are also humans, and they make mistakes out there. So you can't. You well, know, it's a we, horror because it's a horror know, they story. really want this, and now it might not happen for them. You know, so. But there's a lot of parties that are involved in the transaction, right? You're talking about an association um, that didn't send the check or didn't send the check to HUD to make sure that the property was, in fact, FHA approved. And you're seeing a lot of that with these condos not being, so they become unwarrantable buildings at this point. So the only way to go ahead and finance and go ahead and complete this transaction is by... Why am I hearing myself speaking? I don't know. <laughs> Nick, can you please stop? <laughs> He's like the kid in the room I'm not... that is always like, you know, did your teacher always call your name? Like, Mr. <laughs> Mimetti, are you here today? Did you bring your homework? Are you focused? Anyway, a lot of people are involved. The association in this case, you said, did not sit, send in the check so they can be FHA approved. Correct. And so the buyer's looking to acquire this asset with the 3.5% loan program or, you know, down payment program. Now, yeah. Is the bill, can they become, like Nick said, can you do a 5% down loan program so they can go ahead and complete the transaction? I don't think we can because their debt-to-income ratio is just too high. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be an issue. You know, unless they pay down some Anything where a client, anything, well, can you, ex- you have Can anything? you elaborate on that, why a person can't do it with the 5% down? Because that would be my, as a they realtor, that would the money. be the next thing. He, it was going well, for 3.5%. No, it's not the money. He said DTI. Yeah, it's the oh. debt that they're currently carrying. With the income that they make. It just doesn't meet the guideline for the conventional parameter. FHA is more lenient. A little forgiving with the higher debt-to-income ratio. With the higher debt-to-income ratio. And the debt-to-income ratios, right, you understand is how much debt you're carrying versus how much income you have. And so if you have too much, so what are the ratios for an FHA loan program? I've even seen FHA go as high as 50, 56, 57% in some cases. So if you go with the higher down payment, which you would think, well, I'm putting more money down. Why am I not being allowed to do this? I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with spending more money, investing more money on the acquisition of this home. But you're saying that because maybe I'm carrying too much debt, I may not be able to afford it, despite the fact that I have more money to put down. Well, they didn't have more money to put down. In All this scenario, was, yeah. In this scenario, it's just three and a half percent. But we were right at that cusp, okay. you know, of qualifying. Conventional is more conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, conservative loans today are anywhere between forty-five percent to as high as maybe forty-eight percent in some cases. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, we're at, what, 54%, I believe, on this particular right. condo. So, that's so the process of when you're buying a property is that, you you know, you, you encounter problems as you always will with any file. So in this case, the building wasn't FHA approved because they forgot to submit their last say, renewal application yeah, and fee. And so you were buying it with an FHA loan program. They tried with the um, the conventional 5% down, and they don't qualify. The borrower doesn't even want to make the, initial, the additional investment of doing 5% down. How about can they go ahead? Can we wait so that we can get that check-in and we can get the building FHA approved? That's actually, if anybody knows out there what the process is, because I was trying to do some research to see how long it would take for it doesn't take F- long at all. FHA HUD to reinstate that condo association. There's actually an expediter that will really? do it. Uh-huh. 
And we need to I jump mean, on there, that. If the building, in fact, is a it's an it FHA was originally approved yeah. building, right? Because what constitutes an FHA approved building? Um, what do you mean? How do how does a building become well? They had FHA to go. Approved? They had to go through whatever parameters or guidelines that were required by HUD. That association got approved years ago. It's just a matter of that that it lapsed. Mm-hmm. The renewal lapsed, and now we're here. So how do we get it to go faster <laughs> and get it reinstated again? Well, part of the condo questionnaire, some of the what are the questions of the on the condo questionnaire that the lender sent in order for a building to get FHA approved? Why do you guys send out that condo questionnaire then? Just to check the occupancy of owner occupied units right. versus rental units. So there's a how many how many associate how many uh, units are in arrears, paid their association dues on time, and there's a lot of reasons to check those condo questionnaires. Right, but th- what I'm le- where, where I'm going with that is that's what you need in order to be an FHA approved building. You also have to have 10% of your uh, operating budget in a reserve account, so it can't be commingled with the operations, the regular operations budget, so they can't be using it for the lawn care, n- snow removal, or any other maintenance. So they have to have a reserved account. If they don't have that, they don't qualify for FHA approval. And so the building poses higher risk for the investors, which are the lenders, Right. 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 So that's why then the next step is how do we get this building FHA approved? So that would be my next step in trying to save that deal. Well, they've been pre-approved or approved right. before, so it's just a matter of getting them reinstated. How do I get them reinstated exactly. immediately? I have a number for you to call. Okay. Make gotcha. sure you share that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I got jump, you. Let's jump to a question that came up. I don't have access to my computer, so I'm being helped here looking at some of the questions. So let's just, before we go on to another horror story, there's a, I believe it's pretty pronounced, Wasington, I don't, I can't even say his name. Misdemeanor is what the last name looks like. But okay, here's a question from a Facebook um, listener: How are rental properties factored in when considering DTI? Do lenders factor in possible rental revenue? You want to answer that? Yeah, that's a give it to question. me again. How are rental? How are rental? How essentially he's asking how are debt to income ratios factored in investment properties? Is it seventy five percent of it? How much of it? It's uh, can you add to your income as far as rental income? So on rent received, you can use up to 75% because you'll have to account for a vacancy, right? You can only use 75% of the rental income, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, investment properties, as of recent, what I've seen, typically we cannot exceed 45% debt-to-income ratio when it comes to investments on the conventional side. There might be some other parameters out there that allow for slightly higher, uh, but typically we're using 75% of that and then in another show, you also talked about um, when a building in, in and of itself is self-sufficient, where it pays itself, then mm-hmm. people are able to buy it without it, with no yeah. concern of their debt tank. We have that right? program where if the rent covers the mortgage mm-hmm. in full, mm-hmm. then we will be able to lend on that investment transaction. Now, there are some requirements. One, you have to own a property already. Okay. Okay. So it has to be a second investment or a second home. Or Yeah, second uh just a second property. It doesn't have to be a primary residence. They just have to own a property. Okay. Uh, two, again, the... And the reason for that is maybe because they want to show that they've done this before and they're investors and they know how to handle correct. a property and they, pretty much like your resume that you can correct. be a landlord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then two, as I just mentioned, the rent has to be able to cover the mortgage in full, the payment. And then three, you're doing 35% down on this. Oh, wow. And it's an investment transaction. Okay. Hey, um, can... Oh Shit's God. broken everywhere. I can't do my job. <laughs> I do other things today? other than sit here and talk. No, you I can't don't. answer You're questions. Just... I can't read these things. I can't see what's going on. It's like You're you know, breaking the keyboard though. It's broken as it You're is. You're acting worse than the child that's in the studio with us today. WGN, we got nothing. 
You got nothing. You know what? I love you. So don't broken. listen to anything he Shit says. Shit is broken here today. How am I supposed to do my job? Profanity. There's a child in the room. <laughs> Can we go back to back the, to the rental question? No, I we've the already guy, answered well, it. Answered no. it, but but I mean, I think his question was, can we also use the subject property as the income of the property? I what think subject was, property? If you're buying an investment property, okay. that property itself, let's say he has a single-family house and he's just buying another single-family house, that property itself will have its own rental income because it's understood that you're actually buying it as an investment, so therefore you will not be living in it. If you're not living in it, it will have a cash flow. And yes, to answer your question, uh, Mr. Misdemeanor, <laughs> um, it is a, that is rental income. That income does apply towards your income, period. So if you make $5,000 a month as a mailman, and the property you're buying has a $2,500 a month rental income, 75% of that, roughly around $2,000, you have now technically $7,000 a month in income okay. in qualifying for this loan. So hopefully that answers this question. Perfect. Or okay. call me. Or call me. I have another question <laughs> from in-studio. Um, so it goes back to the fact that this, for example, you said this property is not its not an FHA-approved building. So maybe this has to do with a different type of building where it's unwarrantable. Right, because they have mm-hmm. way too many investors in the building. Maybe one entity, meaning one That's... owner, owns more than one percent, or has more. Like maybe they own a property and then they bought the top unit as well. So now one person owns more mm-hmm. becomes unwarrantable. Correct? Yeah, I have a one right now where seventy-seven percent of the building mm-hmm. are all investment units. So they're all rentals. They're all rentals. So that automatically is a non-warrantable. What does that mean to you, Nick? When somebody says a building is unwarrantable. Non-warrantable. Non-warrantable means we got problems. <laughs> the first thing that it means to me is we're going to have a heck of a time finding financing for it because it's not very common. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to also typically get a much higher interest rate on those loans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, you can do them. You can buy a non-warrantable condo. Uh, well, you're you going to get a better be deal on them for sure. You're, so an investor you may want to do it. From a, you're saying from a purchase price? Yeah. Yeah, you should because it's definitely a harder property to find. They're not as appealing as a traditional condo, so yeah. But, you know, buyer beware on a non-warrantable condo. You're going to walk in and, you know, have a tougher time from versus a warrantable condo. So Right. Um, Minimum 10% down <coughs> and interest, interest rates, rates are higher. Oof. I've seen some brutal yeah. non-warrantable condo rates, like in so, the 7s and 8s. And did that. you guys give out your uh, NMLS number? What is it? Network quality rates. Yeah. All right, whatever. Um, okay, so the non-warrantable, from a realtor perspective, for me, I always tell my clients, right, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, gardening units, you're going to buy them at a discount, you're going to sell them at a discount. Any type of property that's recessed in the back, so if you're seeing a single-family house that is on a lot and the home itself sits on the rear of the lot, you're always going to buy it at a discount and sell it at a, at a discount. Non-warrantable property, you're going to buy it at a discount. So if you're an investor, kudos to you because you may want to be in that building, be in that area, and you don't care that it's you know non-warrantable. You also have to check the reasons why it's non-warrantable like nick said the majority of the owners is um it's a rental properties or is investors then you're going to be making money and you're near depaul or a good school where it's going to be easy for you to rent out then go for it um but you're going to be selling it to somebody who's going to be buying with cash and typically i mean that constitutes like what 15 percent of the buyer market so you're talking about a buyer pool that's you know FHA buyers, people are going to put 10%, 15%, 20% down. 
Now, people who are putting a lot of money down, like above 20%, they're very limited, just like people who are buying with cash are very limited. So you have to think about the resale. When you decide to resell this property, you're going to also be selling it at a discount. So these are the things that you need to look at when you're purchasing a property. Um, so non-warrantable building, I recommend it only to investors who are looking for a great deal, but not to someone who's going to, you know, who's going to, well, if you're going to own or occupy it and you're comfortable with this, this particular case, the, the buyers are buying it and it had a lawsuit against um, the building. And the building had, as an association, decided to pursue this lawsuit. And that's why, you know, there were too many question marks and the lender wouldn't touch the, the, the loan. So it became... Um, so it was a non-warrantable. So the question was, though, is that the per the buyer was offered a 5% down, I'm sorry, a 10% down non-warrantable building loan. But then at the end of the day, they decided when they came back, they said, no, you know what? You don't qualify for a 10% because of your debt-to-income ratios. You have to do 20% down. And that's when the deal was killed because the person didn't count with the additional funds to make this come to fruition. So how do you avoid that, or was that a mistake of the lender? Again, I don't know if the client could have done anything to prevent the situation. You're going to have bad apples that are in this business. Yeah. I mean, what, what could a client... I'm going to give you a story where the client is at complete fault of the whole situation. Can you go back and answer the question? So it's just About not, what, that situation? Yeah, there's nothing they could have done? If, they're, if the DTIs are high, they got to either put more money down to bring it down or... Find a co-borrower. I mean, they're, so they're, in the end, in, in initial intake of the application of the loan, where the person done wrong, they they did it incorrectly, right? Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, because they didn't add they didn't add up or take it in consideration all their debt all their debt. So they were told they could do a ten percent down. There are ten percent down. No, hold on. I don't think that scenario that you just mentioned has anything to do with debt to income ratio. That situation, the loan officer, I think, dropped the ball where they initially said you could do ten percent down on a non-warrantable. Mm-hmm. And Which can you do a ten percent down on a non-warrantable? I know we can, yeah. right? But I know there was litigation against that association. There was a big lawsuit, mm -hmm. and then that shot them down mm -hmm. immediately to a different loan to value, maybe requiring more of a down payment. But those are things that you got to catch early and request during attorney review. Is there any pending lawsuits? Yeah, okay, let me see it so I can take that over to my underwriting department to see. Hey, can we still roll with this at ten percent down? Mm -hmm. No, you got to do 20% that. Okay, we're still in attorney review and we can kill the deal there and just start over. Right. These people are probably 30 days into the whole process thinking Which they're they going to close on the home and ultimately the ball was dropped. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, that's an answer. I got to get respect. this I got to get this stuff off my chest because mm -hmm. I'm going through a horror story right now. My phone has literally rung 20 times since we started this show from the same two people. Who created their own horror story. <laughs> and I want to, you know, I have the nerve to just call their names out here. As It's been a horror client and a horror agent and a horror situation. And now they're essentially blowing my phone apart to be Superman in like less than a week's time. <sighs> and and it's, it's, it's a pathetic story. But here's the do's and the don'ts. A client wanted to buy a house. About two months ago, I was introduced to this client from a realtor that works with me, and they sent me the client. The client put the contract down. We went through the whole loan process. We literally got the client pretty much like one condition away from you know clear to close and buying this house. The client calls literally a couple days before we're wrapping the loan up and says she needs to cancel the transaction because her and her husband are fighting. And they don't want the house anymore and blah, blah, blah. And that was it. So you can't make somebody buy a house, obviously. It's a sad story. She was talking about they're possibly going to be going into a divorce. That's how bad the situation got. Okay, understood. Everybody goes their separate way. This is back in June, early June. So we, you know, the file is terminated because it's uh, 
it's inactive. It's not going to close. We put it away, the whole nine yards. We literally had the loan done. I get a phone call yesterday, or text message in the middle of our, we had trainings yesterday. So text message from this same client asking me, hey, do you do loans for just that realtor that bought that other house for me, or do you do loans from any realtor? I said, what? I don't understand. Well, I, I ended up buying a different house with a different realtor, not, this, not the one from the last transaction that me and you were working on. I said, no, I do loans for anybody from anywhere in multiple states. And she's like, okay, because um, I had a loan that was denied at Citibank. And I'm going to call Citibank out here. <laughs> he just did that. I said, I don't, I don't understand. You, 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 walked, you walked away from your house. I don't get it. I bought another house with a different realtor after that. And she sent me to a Citibank loan officer. And we're supposed to close on a 28th or 27th, actually, of this month, July. And I remember that you had my loan approved. I said, okay. She's like, but they're saying I have some problem with my income, so it's not working. So they're denying me at Citibank. Can you close my loan? I'm like, what? Wait, what happened? Are you kidding me right now? You bought a whole different house. You, my agent is out, out of the picture. They didn't want the house because supposedly there was a divorce, but now there's a new house and they're now no longer divorcing. Yeah. So my agent's gone. Fine. I understand. Maybe you didn't like the agent. I'm out the picture because I, I'm the guy that had you approved. Now, here's the story with her. She's a nurse. Anybody that's got some loan experience knows that nurses typically most oftentimes work for agencies and when you do a nurse's loan profile, you have these situations where they work at multiple different hospitals, so they get multiple different W-2s and multiple different checks. So it looks like to a green loan officer that they might be part-time, not full-time here, not full-time there. You know, there's no job consistency, really. But the reality is is nurses have this thing where the agency is essentially their employer, even though the agency's not cutting their checks. The checks are being cut from, let's say, this hospital and that hospital. And they're, they're just kind of rotational people. So it looks like they're vagabonds in the workforce, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're stable. So I know exactly where the mistake was made by a green loan officer, but now this lady wants me to literally start the application today and close it by the 27th, which is 12 days from now. 12, uh, give me one second here. Just, all right. 12, no computers, so my life is miserable today. But anyways, um, so 12 days from now, she wants to close this loan 12 days. I, by the way, if I start today, the 27th is not even, is it even 12 days? It's nine days from now, isn't it? Eight days from now? Today's the 19th. Well, business yeah. days, yeah, 20, we're limited. Eight days. <clears throat> You're calling me now in a fire drill to close your loan. And I said, well, I would need more time than eight days. I can tell you right now, eight days is a huge maybe at best. And, and functionally speaking, it's just almost impossible. I got to give you three or four days just to review your CD. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do this in eight days. Well... I said, why don't we just extend you out to like the 15th of next month? Well, my landlord has already rented my unit, and I have to be out of here by the 27th. I'm like, why did you go to a different lender at this point? And I'm not saying this from a selfish aspect that I did the work I should have gotten alone, but here we are. You had an approval. The realtor told me to use a different lender because they were better. How much better than approved can you get? Is there, is there another status above approved that I don't know about, like approved with stars? Right. Or approved, you get well, a free house? I mean, I don't know. It's an approved and approved and approved. As much as so, you guys don't like to that's accept the, that's it, the horror let's story. go back to the fact that realtors run the transaction, right? Some good agents, Which is where some good there's agents a no-no. run the transaction. Okay, wait, but listen. Let me... Let, and I, well, that realtor's blowing me up every five minutes now. Can you close this? And it's like, I want to just tell I them all to go pound sand. Can I speak in life? Thank you. 
So mm -hmm. when some realtors have a relationship with their premier re lender is because we've worked with you before, we transacted with, with you before, we know we can get it to the finish line. So you and I can work well together, but when she went ahead and d divorced her current realtor, then she also unfortunately divorced that partnership. But the other realtor that she came and started working with must have told her or told her, go ahead and work with my my other preferred lender because maybe the other lender has, the other realtor has never worked with you, doesn't know of you. And so that's why they started a new relationship. It has nothing to do with the fact that you pre-approved her. In her mind, the buyer thought, I'm pre-approved. I can be pre-approved by city, I loan, Federal Savings Bank, I don't care, right? So they thought that they were approved, and that was where the other realtor made a mistake because the other realtor could have taken the client and said, okay, where's your pre-approval? Let me see it. And the buyer could have said, here's my pre-approval with iLoan, and they could have used that, and that other realtor could have made a phone call to you, but now they're in this predicament. So Roy, how do we solve this problem? Unfortunately, whether you're on a deadline or you know timeline crunch and you've already given your keys, call to get your your stuff put in, in, in um, unfortunately, storage from a transaction oh. point of view, you can always <laughs> extend and ask your your attorney to ask for an extension on that contract. Because remember, you're... There's no extensions because he, she's got nowhere to sleep. But hold on a second. Roy no, Patrick, Roy Patrick on Facebook summed it up best. You know, yes, we would agree. He says, would you agree that the horror stories can be minimized by surrounding yourself with the best team? Yeah, we agree. Clearly, this is not a good team that she's working with now. She went from a good team to a bad team, and here we are. John Allen says, that's my sister. John, I really hope that's not your sister that I'm talking about right now. But <laughs> Sorry, John. If it is, John, I didn't disclose a name. You just did. Um, but I can tell you the last name is not Allen on, on my file. But, my, you know, the point of the story is, so, I, you know, I talked to the client yesterday, and I said, tell me a little bit about the City Bank story, you know? And she said, I go, well, how did you apply? Did you do it online? Did, they, did you give her all of your information? I mean, how did this all go down? She said, I went to the bank, the City Bank, that – she referred me to go to, and I walked in there, and the loan officer was sitting there at the front desk. I said, wait a minute. Are you telling me that same person opens up checking and savings accounts that did your loan? No, don't start. Well, don't start. That's, well, that's exactly not a loan what officer. It, that's Come not on. a loan officer. That's an app taker. You put your <laughs> life on a line for somebody that's not even a real bona fide loan officer. And now I have this childish agent calling me every five minutes, literally 20 times in, in, since we started the show, about when can you start this loan? Is it going to close by the 28th? Are you kidding me? They got to be fair about it. Call they got to give you enough time as they did the other loan officer. But eight days. Period. You got to start days. over. You got to start over. This I, is not 2005. I could yeah. do a closing in less than 48 hours and in 2005. Why not eight days? Why, cannot, why are lenders uh, hands tied? You have to get an appraisal out there. You have to go through underwriting. You have to do the CD period. I mean, it's just eight days. And you got to take out of this eight days a weekend. It's really six days. Right. But you so, have to understand that a no. consumer doesn't. And quite frankly, screw you now. Me? That's what I say to the client oh. and the realtor. No, you know what? Have the person at Citibank do it. Can we be nice now? No. Can we be nice? This is a do and a don't. This is about teaching people how to be, like, think smart. Look, just because your agent might have the loan officer they like using, if you already had an approval somewhere else, it makes no logical sense to go try somewhere else. Because as far as I'm concerned, that agent, that seller, your money is gold if you've already been approved somewhere, somewhere else. It's right. confirmed. A loan was there. You just got to switch the property out now. Right. Right. And, They've gone through the a nuances lot of, lender, of A lot of buyers don't even want to have to compile that data again and submit it to somebody else. They're like, well, we're happy because we've already been pre-approved. So you can't say all buyers are like that. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's it's about building relationship, too, with your, your client. I mean, you have to make them comfortable working with you, even if they're working with a specific realtor. They, You have to keep cuddling and explain to them the process. And, yes, I do agree with you that your pre-approvals are golden and that, you know, you somebody should stick to that 
that pre-approval, regardless of who they're shopping with. But this is over how to look at a nurse's income. That is like, That's you tough. know, if you've been in the mortgage industry, a serious loan officer for more than a couple of years, you know you've seen nurses scenarios. So it's not just nurses, right? What are other um That's the primary one that, that I could think of right now. Sometimes you got the contract IT guys. They work from here to here to here. It's the same company, but it looks like if you're green, there's multiple different jobs. Right. This is a fail on behalf of Citibank from the originator to the underwriter. An underwriter should also... The underwriter. Oh, no, the this was Citibank that did this loan. And I'm going to say it like this over and over again. Bank LOs trish, traditionally just suck compared to real mortgage LOs. They just work nine to five. They work nine to five. They have no incentive. <laughs> I mean, they're bi- they should just stick to open up CD and seven-day marketing accounts and shit like that. Don't they that. give away toasters, too? Yeah, toasters. This and that. I mean, you go to a mortgage company that this is all they do. You're going to get specialists is what yes, they do. You know? That's the difference. I'm you, not going to you, a steakhouse to order, like, fish. I mean, I should say chicken. I'm Car- going to go there and order a steak. That's what they do. I don't think Carla agrees here. <laughs> yeah, because she uses some bank LOs. You know, and there's a couple people that might be in the higher-ups at the bank, but if they're sitting downstairs saying, welcome to Citibank, how may I help you? That's not the guy you want doing your mortgage. That's a horror. That's a horror story, and here we are. Now i got to deal with this in eight days. I'm going to play nice because I don't like talking about people or businesses or companies. I'm just it's reality. Saying- <clears throat> Sometimes you got to call Reality. it out. Sometimes you do. She had an approval. My point is you had an approval. You move on with that same approval. Go find a different house. You don't like the agent? Go find a different agent. You don't like the attorney? Go find a different attorney. But your money is the absolute most important part of the transaction happening. Stick what? with where the money... If you don't have no money, there is no transaction. <laughs> so stick with the money that is confirmed and move it over to yeah. a different place. I have no problem with that. But now that call me, and everyone's in a horror story, she's going to be sleeping out of a hotel because this landlord is not going to let her extend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need time to do this loan, and I'm going to do this loan. How long does it take typically, Nick, to do a loan? I mean, spot on. You can run it from front to back in two full weeks. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. You'll get it done. But, you know, I have to get what an if extension for what one if there's week. A property, like, why is that a such a big I already deal? know that there's a crappy agent on the phone or that's dealing with this because and she sent And how do you know them, that? Because she sent them to Citibank at a bank teller. That's how good this agent is. I had so I had a Do you really have a Citibank good, bank teller? No, I do not. But okay. I did have a really good Citibank yeah, professional. He's no an actual there, loan but... officer in the in the actual loan division. Right. Okay. A bank teller. She oh. went and met the person that sits down on the floor over there that opens up checking accounts as well. That's how she did her loan. Well, I mean, some, some realtors don't have all of the, you know, like we, we, we always have somebody for someone, right? So fine. Can you go back and explain how long it's gonna really Horror take? Story. How long is it? Get? You're just emotional all of a sudden. Because I can't even do my show because my phone is torn apart by this, these nut jobs. Okay. I'm going to text them. I should have answered the call in the middle of the show <laughs> and said, I'm about to share your stupid story and explain why you made the biggest mistakes. It and you're no okay logic. with people seeing what a big tantrum you're put, throwing on right now, like just because of this. Well, look, you, Listen, have, you have a seller right issues. now. You have a seller that's being hurt by this negligence. I mean, this, this buyer and this agent were greedy. Right, and okay. I understand that, Nick. And you have to explain to people why it is that we get so emotional about not emotional, but how it affects everybody in the transaction, right? Because when you're working, you took this property off the market, you gave your earnest money in good faith, seller, take this property off the market in good faith that I want it. Um, go ahead and give me some time to get my loan done. This person was pre-approved, so if they were pre-approved by you, they thought they were pre-approved by anyone. Not a pre-approved. I'm so, she went qualified. through the loan process. No, no, she was approved in almost CTC. Clear All you close. had to do is pretty much change addresses, and as long as the house was consistent, similar loan amount, similar 
taxes. This was a streamlined underwriting. But you understand people don't understand that, right? The average consumer doesn't understand that. Why would you take the chance of someone else looking at your stuff differently from the guy that actually approved you? Uh, let me, Not let me pre-approved. Ask, no, and I, and, approved. And I, and I get you. But what about them pulling credit again, right? They had to pull credit again. Don't need to if you're in my shoes. Right, but these are the things that you have to under, you have to walk people through the steps of why don't you sh- you shouldn't do that aside from getting you upset, why shouldn't people do this? <laughs> that being a, that, aside from making you upset. Yeah, aside from you being like okay crazy about it. I'm not like, upset the client left by the way. I'm upset that now it's a fire drill. People leave all the time. Okay, you know you can't make everybody happy. Sometimes a connection doesn't happen between a consumer and a professional. It's understandable, um, but. The fire drill now. That's where it's like, now you're coming back and we have to do this. This was a big do and a don't. Right. They could have moved in a timely manner. (laughs) They could have fulfilled their contract, their obligations to their purchase contract. We said they're closing by X date. And now they have to do an extension. The seller probably has a property that they want to move to or they're moving to. So there's a lot of moving parts of this transaction. And they could have just avoided all these problems by just staying true to the person that pre-approved them. Not just the person, but the pre-approval process that they've already gone through, right? They've already confirmed assets. They've confirmed and verified assets. Uh, so they're, like you said, ready to go. Like at this point, all they needed was an appraisal for the new property. And... It right. didn't happen that way, and so now left, you're going to have to do it. They left a five-star agent that probably got them a better property, <laughs> and they got some new chachi little agent who's chachi clearly not agent. who's clearly not very good. But by the way, she's handling these text messages right now. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I a love it story. today. It's not horror stories. It is not Q and A with the Moth Squad. It's Nick Therapy Day. Anything else you like to get off your chest today? Yeah, I got more. Would you like some muffins now? <laughs> yeah, I, I got where the muffins. muffins. Where's the Let's muffins? Let's go back at? to the muffins <laughs> I got because more. I need you to be happy. You know, the thing is that when you have, you know, you have a sure shot, everything's done. There's no reason to go and undo it. You know, it's yeah. like you're you. I get it, man. It's frustrating. It, it makes it just makes no sense. And I think people, you know, it, it's. What a Roy Patrick surrounding yourself with a good team. You know, this this client went from a good team to a horrible team. And so but, you know, sometimes you can run into a team and pick and choose who you want to stick with like if you sent me to the Carla Mina team and I maybe didn't like Carla but I didn't like Grocco but I really love the attorney they referred me that's fine you could stick with that attorney and go on to the next transaction if I you want to cancel them with that. You, 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 can, you can stick with whoever maybe it just worked out that way this person literally in the most integral part the, the money said okay well, let's just go over to Citibank you know and it's not a, a slight on Citibank it's a slight on the agent for actually taking a full blown loan approval and deciding to start, that already tells did, me that's did a horrible the agent, agent. Know? Did the agent know Yes, yes, yes. She's, yeah, I told my not... agent that I was already working with you, but they said that Citibank's a better company. Well, okay. No, Citibank is a bigger company. That's a fact. But better? I mean, is there a better way to get a closing done? Closing's a closing's a closing, Right. So, I mean, I have to respect because um, Javier does this for his clients, and I have a fight with him about it all the time. He always tells his buyers that they should check the realtor. The realtor should uh, – these are the expectations that you should have of your realtor. And I'm like, whatever. So the realtor are typically the ones that are saying these are the expectations you should have of your lender and fire your lender if they are not giving you the, this type of service. He's doing the opposite and saying this is what you should expect from your realtor and fire your realtor if they're not. Mm-hmm. So the real the clients always go back to him. I can appreciate that. 
And like you said, Nick, if you don't like the realtor or the lender, but do love the attorney, then keep that professional. Keep that. Or if you love the realtor, but you hated the lender, go to a different lender. There's no, different, no one's yeah. forcing you to use the entire team. Yeah, but typically we structure our teams based on the fact that we've closed deals together and we know we can get it from inception to closing. And I mean, real estate is so difficult as it is. There's so many moving parts and we have to have control of all of them. So just, I mean, like right now, I'm going to do a shout out to Tim Asimos. This attorney is remarkable. I mean, he, as soon as you send a text message, he's responding. As soon as the title person is asking for this, he's responding. It's hard to find a an attorney that's that responsive on a Saturday or a Sunday <laughs> or evenings at 10 o'clock. And this guy's doing it. I mean, Greco, the reason why you're always so successful and why people love you is because you're nonstop. I mean, as soon as people send you a text, the same thing. And that's why, you know, people create or realtors create a team based on their success with the other agent or the, the partners. Um, keep them and learn from this lesson make sure it doesn't happen to you because unfortunately now you know the only way to salvage this deal is um, it's to go ahead and ask for an extension on your contract because you you need a a condition uh, cl- uh clear to close by now surely they do um and now you're gonna have to get an extension to give an, uh, the lender an opportunity to underwrite the loan and with trid i mean they do need a lot of time for you guys to underwrite this so right how long does trid required for you guys three days three days right but three days after everything's pre-approved right so once you have everything in line and it's it's pretty much approved then you still have to go through that three-day period (laughs) and if the buyer finds something that they don't like within that approval or or, you know documents they have to redo everything and there's another extension so there's a lot of extensions that could happen at this point so you have to avoid those the seller's got to be fair in this whole mess so to speak they have to give the new lender us again (laughs) The ample time to get this to the closing right. table. It's only the fair. The fact that you're an agent and you're going to slap a deal on a loan officer with seven, eight days By seven, already eight shows days, to me I you're give, not a very good can agent. Can I tell you, Leticia Barraza on your team got me pre-approved. In she got weeks. me a clear... Yes. In two weeks. And I'm, we got a short sale approval In for a weeks. client that was going to expire because we, we literally just got this short right. sale approval. That happened at my and company. And she got it done. So, in two weeks. But you, right, in two weeks. So you have to explain to people that you need. She moved flawlessly and got it done in two weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm being asked for seven days. And kudos to you, Leticia, and I, I That's shout half out the to time. you because you're amazing. And she was on it, right? Documents were right. turned in. I, Everybody was working together. She did her job. With uh, your friend Ricardo Morales' team. Um, they were able to get us, and the agent was a great synergy because the selling agent was getting us all the documents. We were making sure that whatever she required from the listing side, which I was the listing agent, that got done. Um, and so, you know, that's why you need a good team in place. And that was a flawless transaction. It happened in two weeks. They're asking me. This is why I'm saying this agent is nuts. Okay, superstar, just get it done. Do, do it in seven days. Can we move on now. It's a horror story. This just lady's gonna end up living in an apartment, or I should say, in a motel for whatever. Kako, <laughs> do you have another horror story now that we've taken out like a whole 45 minutes on Nick, as always? Hmm. Let me see here. Uh, we, did we do the city violations? Yes, we did the we city violations. <laughs> did we do the FHA condo? Yes, we did that. Didn't renew? Uh, did we do the rebuild letter? Oh, by the way, in reference to the rebuild letter, I think on a couple of shows ago, That's I was talking about a rebuild was letter. The issue. It took 60 days to get the rebuild letter for this particular loan. But remember, Nick didn't acknowledge it as a horror story, so well, we're not going to talk about a real. It's what a is horror a story. story. What is a rebuild letter? It's a letter from the city or the village that specifies, God forbid, if the property did burn down or catastrophic damage, it could be rebuilt as its original, uh, being a single-family home or a multi-unit. In this case, this is a non-conforming two-unit, and we were waiting for a rebuild letter. We just got it in. 
uh, with the city, but it just took too long. So now the deal is dead. <laughs> so we have to start over. And Carla, you need to go find this uh, buyer a new home because we're not going to be able to close on this property. So it typically sucks when that happens because sixty days out. Right, and they and they already love the property. I'm yeah. of course a um, novice when it comes to technology here. So. <laughs> Did you unplug something? I did not, but we have a question from Araceli. Hi, Araceli. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. Hi, Araceli. Hi. <laughs> the, it's not working. Your Facebook Live, so I decided to give you guys a call. Thank you I for have the a call. Question for you. Yeah. I have a question. So I have a couple of clients that are wondering if it's, um, it would be appropriate to sell and buy at the same time, um, considering this type of market right now. So the question is, um, Araceli wants to know if it's appropriate to buy and sell at the same time. I have okay. a scenario right now where my buyer's in that situation. Thank you for calling, Araceli. Um, I love you. Yeah. The first part that I would take a look at it from a loan, loan officer standpoint is, do they qualify holding both mortgages? Meaning, if they found their dream home tomorrow, technically they would have to move forward and try to buy that property. So... I run an analysis to see if they can carry both mortgages. Again, referencing back the debt-to-income ratio. Uh, I actually have a buyer right now that's in that situation, and thankfully they do qualify to hold both mortgages as they're submitting an offer on a property that they fell in love with. Um, but it's just preference, you know. Can they get pre-approved to hold both mortgages? Because you are in a market right now where everything is moving fast, and you might be required to act fast and put in your offer and, and, and close on that property quickly while your home is currently on the market for sale. Correct. Um, from a uh, realtor's perspective, I believe that you should first look at the market where the existing home is, uh, look at the location, and pull the metrics and find out what is the average time of market that it takes for that area to absorb that current inventory or the current inventory. Because remember, real estate is a commodity. It's going to be competing with other properties. And so you want to know, again, what is the absorption rate of the neighborhood? Um, and so if it's dictating at 33 day, um, make sure that you do put the property on the market and that you secure that property, uh, secure a buyer for that property. When negotiating um, for the new property, obviously start looking as well. Um, um, unfortunately, there's not a ton of inventory, so also acknowledge how long it takes for properties to, you know, how fast are properties selling in that new neighborhood that you're moving into. Um, find out if there's bidding wars or if it's a slow market where you're going to be uh, looking for a good deal. You have to understand time on market. That's very important in this in this marketplace because, you know, you may be going from a quiet neighborhood that's taking you know three months to sell to another one that's like five days of market it's already under contract so do acknowledge those metrics um once you have your property under contract, uh, make sure that you talk to your uh, buy your agent. And I always recommend that you use the same agent unless, of course, you're going from one neighborhood to the other. So if you have a city agent selling your, per se, condo or house or condo here and you're relocating to the verbs, um, you're finding yourself another realtor in the suburbs that's going to understand that market, uh, make sure that they collaborate and they work well together because you may have to do and uh, you have to make an offer with a home sale contingency. Most realtors or sellers are not going to like a home home sale contingency because that means that their existing home is ba it, the, the, them getting that deal done is based on you selling your home. Most buyers or more sellers will be more more happier to see a home close contingency, meaning that you're going to have the property under contract and you've already done your due diligence, you've done, gone through the uh, inspection period, it's already attorney review has closed out, and so now you're just waiting for that loan to go through so you can close that deal. Um, a 
a listing agent, I may be, um, I will recommend to my client that we do take a home close contingency, but never home sale contingency because we can find other buyers that are going to be able to, um, you know, close that uh, that loan faster. We're not going to want to put the property under contract and then wait for you to get your loan. So again, going back in summary, uh, make sure that you understand the metrics for both uh, properties for the sale and the acquisition of the new property. Any thoughts, Nick? What would you recommend for someone who's looking to buy and sell at the same time? Do it. <laughs> Seriously. Well, look. It, it's. I need a lot of it's, yoga it's, after uh, you. Like I, think I, gonna, I think you can get the most money for your property right about now as a seller, right? Right. Interest rates are really good still. So as a buyer, you have that incentive as well. Can't say that if you're going to sell your property top dollar, you're probably not going to be paying top dollar for the next one because odds are top dollars out there right now for both sides of the transaction. So, but you know the incentive when it comes to the cost perspective. I mean, you know, interest rates are really good. You're going to get more money now than you have in a long time for your property. So yeah, I would overall do you think so. But there are some neighborhoods that aren't seeing multiple bidding wars, and properties are in fact sitting for a little longer. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the price point, right? I mean, you know, anything above five five hundred is sitting, or depending on the neighborhood again. I can't even say that because there's different neighborhoods, and depending on the property type. You'll think um, yourself million dollar five years homes from now when sitting, rates are in the sevens or eights that you did it now. Well, of course, overall, they, they don't want to know whether they should do it or not. They should know what is the right strategy. So what I'm saying is look at the metrics and understand the marketplace of your existing home and then understand the marketplace of the place where you're going to be buying. Obviously, if you're looking to buy and find that shiny penny, something at a discount, I mean, fourth quarter is typically a little bit quieter, so you're going to get the best deals in fourth quarter. But then in fourth quarter, as in now, you're not going to have a lot of inventory. So your options are going to be smaller, but you may be able to find a deal. So are you going to give up a deal versus, um, you know, the timing? So it all depends. It's a, it's a, it's, you have to look at a lot of factors before you can make that decision. And how you go about that decision um, it depends, again, on a lot of stuff. So work with the realtor that understands the marketplace and that can guide you through this transaction. That's all i got to say. Call Carla. She's awesome. Don't go to a bank for your loan. <laughs> All right. It's time to wrap this bad boy up. Is I think it? we've said what we had to say. Said, said, said what we had to say. We got nothing network. My, my computer was broken. I was not very happy about that today. I need you to be nice to people. Like, I seriously. Not, I, I love the WGM I gotta get out family. Of the, I, they're cool. I'm just playing. We got to get out of here. And I got to get on a phone call and deal with this nightmare right now. So yeah, save the day. Grandma, save the day. Can we say which this I'm together? Not, I'm gonna. Nobody I'm probably gonna. Cares about <laughs> probably gonna, dilemmas. Well, you know, it's gonna I'm gonna, be, gonna buy it's you gonna a muffin, a story and you're day. gonna be very happy. I can't wait to eat my muffin. You eat that muffin. <laughs> you got muffins. You got no muffins. You got no muffins. <laughs> <You> got no <laughs> muffins. <laughs> that's it. We're gonna see you guys next Wednesday. You can listen to Market Overdrive. You could obviously follow us right here on our Facebook channel, or go to the podcast with the iTunes iTunes podcast, the WGN Network. We are there. Subscribe to it, or of course, you can also catch us on our YouTube channel where all these shows will be cataloged as well as our marketofdrive.com website. Other than that, we will see you next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Thanks. Have a good day.